We finally have won two games in a row. The first time since the 2021 season, week 16 and 17. Matt Nagy was the coach back then. And the first time under the Matt Eberflus era. Lots to talk about. And I'm going to do it with my guys, Coach T and Danny Shimon. I'm filling in for John Buffon, who was dealing with a two inches of water in his basement. Good luck to you, John. I'm going to start first time uh, first with wrong. you, Coach. There you go. <laughs> Coach, I'm going to start first uh, with you. What happened in that second half uh, that turned the tables offensively and defensively? Uh, I'm probably going to take a, a spin here and go defensively first, right? I think I think this defense is probably probably over the last two or three games um, becoming a defense um, that we can rely on at certain points to make better plays. I was interested seeing prior to the game how – Matt Eberflus played the whole two two minute situation. I don't think we really had a true two minute situation similar to we had in the first game, but I think he did exactly what Danny asked him to do at the halftime uh, break was to dial up the pressure at certain particular times, um, and he made it a little bit difficult for uh, Jared Goff and getting them in the third and long situations. Um, and I think they did it. I think and I think the offense did just enough. Um, you know what I'm saying to secure the victory. I, I wasn't. Totally impressed with the play calling, um, the game plan situationally. But, hell, you know what I'm saying? You'll take it, man. You got Justin Fields with 19 for 33. Um, that's not going to make for a great completion percentage. 223, and one TD, and no interceptions. And I think one of the things that's overrated or overlooked about, you know what I'm saying, all, with all the hold-the-ball conversations about Justin Fields is you're not going to see him throw a whole bunch of interceptions, right? So, DJ, uh, from a rushing perspective, uh, Justin had 12 carries for 58 yards. Um, uh, Deontay Foreman, only 11 carries for 50 yards. DJ Moore, three. Um, I'd like to see our other backs get other carries. Take some of those carries off of Justin and give them to uh, Roshan Johnson, Khalil Herbert. And uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's let's start doing better on first down, um, our first down plays and stuff like that. But I'm not going to nitpick it to death. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to take take it for what I can what I can give today, you know? Although I, I th you're on mute, but I think you're it's on mute, my turn to go. All right. I'm sorry. Right. Please go ahead, <laughs> Well, first of all, uh, Coach T, you're right. Defensively, uh, I think this defense obviously is coming together. I think I think you see the Montez sweat effect. I did a little small uh, clip package on this past week, before 55, 
in terms of how he affects others. We're seeing Gervon Dexter make a difference. We're seeing Justin Jones make a difference. We saw him today with that bull rush on Corey Decker, just just running right into right into the quarterback with that with that low long that long reach, grab Goff and bring him down with one arm basically. So Montez Sweat is helping that defense. We're seeing turnovers. That, you know this this defense knows how to game plan against Jared Goff. He's he's thrown was it six interceptions now in, in in two games. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Aldo, but. Uh, now they're getting about, you know, six of, of 15 was Detroit today on third down. So they were getting off the field on third down. I think there was one point in the second half. There's three straight or three or four straight three and outs for Detroit. And obviously that then helps the offense. You know, Justin, I, I talked about, you know, getting the ball over to DJ Moore. I think they made it more of a concerted effort. Obviously, DJ got that, that long touchdown at fourth and 13. Um, that, that's a big play there as well. And Justin then uses his legs to get that second touchdown too. So uh, they did just enough to, offensively. Um, to go and put some points on the board. But again, 28 points is, is pretty good. Uh, you know, if, and if this defense continues to build, that's enough to, to win you a lot of, a lot more games. And another thing, guys, that, that's going to go kind of maybe under the radar, but I, I, I tweeted out a couple times, this has to be Dan Campbell's worst coached game as, as head coach of the Lions. I mean, that fourth down going for it and, and his own was a 30-yard line. That was a huge momentum. I mean, they stopped the Bears from scoring, but they got field goal there, made a, you know, a two-possession game with 15 points there. Um, disrespectful man yeah and 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 then, and then some some of the other the other play calls and some of the other things he was doing that that, that challenge that to me was there was no way you reverse that challenge because there was no conceivable proof that there that that ball was not caught by cole Komet. that was a bad challenge he loses the time out there so i think dan campbell had, had his hand in there in terms of giving this helping the bears get this victory but credit to you know i've been hard on matt Eberflus. Now, you know I, you guys asked me if there's any way this guy can save his job on this past week's before 55 i said no i, I want this coaching staff gone However, this team is rallying to him. This defense is rallying to him. You know, offensively, I still have a lot of problems with Luke Getzey. I still have a, a, on halftime. I was out here saying I was done with Luke Getzey in terms of his play calling. That is still an issue for me. But you know, Matt Eberflus got to give him credit. This team plays hard for him. This defense believes in him, and and they're rallying to the football. They're playing mistake-free football now. Still some missed tackles here and there that that you want to get cleaned up, but. You, you know they're going to add more talent, or you at least you hope they add more talent to this defense. And I think that's something that you can you can build on. So, you know, Matt Eberflus, in terms of what what you're doing here, we saw more fire on the sidelines there. You know, if, if he just had an offensive coordinator that that could consistently get the you know get the his, put his players on offense in the best position to succeed, I think this guy would have a better chance at, at succeeding in, at the next level. So, the only thing I'm going to say about Matt Eberflus is they should have won. The Bears should have won the last three games. They should have beat Detroit in Detroit. They should have won. They won. They did beat Minnesota, and they won again today against Detroit. That's three straight games in your division versus the top two teams in, in your division, or you know, two of the top two teams in your division. So that's that's improvement. That's progress. You know, if they play like this, if this defense continues to get better, okay, and the offense continues to put up twenty-eight plus points a game, conceivably they could run the table in on, on the rest of the season. There isn't anyone out there. You know, Cleveland's got a tough defense, so putting up points against them is going to be tough. But offensively, you know, if you stop the run, which that's the Bears' strength, quarterback-wise, they're they're shaky at quarterback. And I'm not sure what they did today, but you know, with, with the rookie in DTR, which who I do like, an athletic player, and or Joe Flacco, who they just they basically pulled off of off of his couch in, in retirement mode. Um, you know, they could get to them. They, they could possibly beat them. I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing a victory, but I'm saying that's a possibility. Obviously, you know, Arizona could be playing on New on Christmas Eve. Could be. God knows what their heads could be at, right? And then you have the Falcons, who are not a great team, on New Year's Eve, and then the Packers, right? So, convincingly, if if this team runs a table, not only will they save Matt Eberflus's job, but they also they could get into the momentum that we saw Detroit go into last season, you know, and go into the offseason and then build off of that. Now, 
I have a lot of questions offensively about Getsy. That's that's not going to stop. And I also want to know some other things about the front office and what they're going to pursue here. But this is we always talked about Matt Eberflus needing a, a a victory that kind of puts a stamp on on his team. These three, you know, he, they won two out of the last three. They should have won all three. But this victory today could be one of those those victories. Oh, Matt Eberflus turns around and says that saved my career, and that that could that gets you know propelled this bear to some you know some 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 better outcomes in, in the near future. Coach, uh, a lot for you to react here based on, you know, what uh, Danny shared. I'd love for you to continue the conversation on Eberflus's. Well, first of all, can the can the Bears run that table, Coach? I saw you kind of nodding, nodding your head when Danny was, Danny was saying that. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, if you look at the schedule, it's Cleveland, Arizona. Uh, I'm, I'm not uh, – I know we have sleep with Atlanta, you know, Atlanta Falcons. Eh. I mean, I think they can win the majority of the game. I don't know about running the table just yet, but you know what I'm saying? Everything's on the table. When when your defense is playing well, everything's on the table. It becomes can we clean up or can we can we clean up some of the mistakes play play calling wise and offensively drop balls, miss throws, uh misreads like but but overall have more continuity in offense overall. Um, over the last few weeks and continue to improve offensively over the over the last week. And I think part of that is going to be Coach Eberflus's willingness to go into that offensive room and put guardrails around Luke Getzey and say, hey, on first downs, like I, I talked about this all the time, hey, on first downs, I would like to see more of this, X, Y, Z. You know what I'm saying? I just don't like – I don't like a lot of wasted plays on offense. Those – those quarterback runs, again, I talk about condiments versus, you know, four-course meals or main-course meals all the time. After you get with done with the zone reads and your quarterback runs, you can't you can't major in minors offensively, right? Those are wasted plays. Now, I remember the one series there, Danny, you might recall where we were two yards short of moving the chains. Well, we wasted a down earlier in that season, a series on the quarterback run that went nowhere. It was secured, uh, the, 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 uh, the perimeters, the outsides were secured. Justin couldn't get to the outside. We probably took like a one or two yard loss. Those are wasted plays. Just a, just run the ball behind your backs, averaging I'm, four I'm, yards per carry. I'm talking, it's, it's, I formation, lead fullback, give it Dante Foreman. He gets great things happen with yeah. Easily. Great things happen when Corey Blasting game is in the game. <laughs> great things happen when the kid is in the game. You know what I'm saying? Run the ball with your running backs, right? And if you want to get Justin out, get him out on play actions and boots off a of play action where he has the opportunity to choose whether to run. I'm not, I'm not such a big a fan of the design runs outside of the zone read, like the other stuff they can keep. And the other thing, it's a, it's a great point in terms of, in terms of uh, the head coach has got to go in there and tell Luke Getze run the damn ball. Yeah. That's what I want. And that's what I'm saying. In, in terms of Luke, uh, he's got to take control. He's got to know that he is the, head coach of this damn football team, he can tell Luke Getze what to damn run. Yeah. He'll say, run the damn ball. I want to see Justin under center. I want to see play action from there. That's where they're most successful. It's like it, it freezes the linebackers for a split second, gives you that, that in between, between that second and third level of the defense, those throws for Justin to make. Like, why are we consistently going empty yeah. or out of the shotgun with, with 11 personnel? Let's do what we do best. I just it forces, it forces as a head coach has to put his foot down yeah. and tell Luke Getzi what to damn do. It forces defense to play run first. And, and all, none of our opponents, when we go out 11 personnel and 12 and gun, 
they're not coming out and they're not respecting us in our run game because they know the coordinator is not going to run the game. And you, if you go under center, you you allow that split second, extra split second to say, hey, guys, I got to play my run responsibilities first. Then I can go to my pass rush move. But allowing teams to tee off on us um, offensively or defensively is just not the move. We got to we got to clean that up, man. But again. Yeah, I'm still I'm still with the crowd. I still I I still want to boat roll this guy out of the out of town on the first thing moving. I get him a Greyhound. But the only problem with that coach T is is if you fire Getsy and you keep Eberflus, you're limited in terms of the field of, of offensive play callers you can attract here. That's why because because Eberflus is going to go into next season as, as a lame duck head coach because he's he's one of the best seasons of him getting fired. And that's the thing we, we kept running it with that with, with Lovey Smith. We kept running it that with with. Uh, uh, John Fox. It's like you, you cannot really get great offensive play callers to come in here and and take the job because Eberflus is not going to be on. You know, it's going to be on a short leash even if he if he keeps his job after the season. That's what getting rid of Luke Getzey is going to be so hard. I, what I want to see is is bringing an offensive senior analyst like you did okay. with Bill Snow on defense. Yeah, bring yeah. Someone in and help Luke Getzey put the game plan together. Luke gets, he's only been in one offense guys. He's yeah. only known this one offense with, 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 with uh, LaFleur. And he was, always, I think it was Joe Moorhead with, with uh, Mississippi state. He's got to get into some, some different philosophies. Got to be able to take his personnel. Maybe some, somebody else be more around yeah. come in there and say, all right, let's try this. Let's obviously this is all going to be off season stuff. It's not going to be in season stuff. So right. let's, let's take a look at this. Let's try this. Let's put some, put some new wrinkles in the offense and then now help, Luke Getzey become a better offense corner because I don't think you're gonna go out there and get. Let, you know, let's have some, you have a desperate you have a desperate you know uh, coach out there looking for a, a one year fix. But again, now I talk about a whole new system, bringing in a whole new play caller. That that's starting from scratch all over again offensively. I might as well just you know scratch the whole the whole staff then at that point. You know, so it's just stuck in this situation. Like it seems like the Bears are always stuck in whether it's a new GM, a, a same coach. You got to fire the coach, new staff. Now you're bringing a new quarterback. It's always they're never on on a even even playing field here. It's always like one up, one down, and I just want everything to be nice and smooth. And, yeah, so so keeping gets might be your best option, but bring in someone to help them. Bring let's, in let's, some offensive let, analyst. Let, let me challenge on you, I, I, but I'm also in agreeing with you the same. Let me challenge you on that one. I, and I agree with the the offense's assistant um, portion of it, but let me let me ask you a question. If we if the defense balls out. Right. I mean, they continue to turn the ball over like we have over the last couple games, last two or three games. They continue to ball out. And it's just a glaring thing that our issues are on offense. And knowing the relationship between Ryan Pose and Matt Eberflus, right? Does somebody like does does that make it more of an attractive job? Right. Because I'm I'm looking at and I've called out the name. Look, Matt can call his old boss, Frank, and say, hey, Frank, do you want the job? All outright, or do you want the senior analyst role? Let me know. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm more of a fan of him coming in as a senior assistant, learning a language that Gensi has has kind of taught and transitioning and taking over. So he starts to screw out. Then y'all can transition him out of the roles. It's smooth, and we look up, and we don't know where, where Luke went. But either way, I think we got to we gotta do something on that end. But I'm, 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 I'm there with you. I, I just don't think we go after a young gun. No. You know what I'm saying? A hot name, it's not going to happen. It has to be a seasoned veteran 
Offensive coordinator, somebody. Is Jim Caldwell. He's he's currently become the offensive assistant over at, at with Carolina once they, they fired they fired Frank Reich. He's a guy that I actually was was kind of looking to to you know maybe take over this this job when Eberflus got it. So you know if he gets let go, if they clean house there in Carolina, he's a guy to bring in here. A guy who's been around the league, who could multiple offenses could could come in here. Now I'm not sure philosophy wise how him and and Getzi would would mix and match, but bring in some someone with different ideas, different different concepts to kind of you know coach with Getzi. You know, give him some ideas, get some different formations in there, and, and then lean it and then expand this office. Hopefully, you go and get yourself another receiver opposite of DJ Moore, you know, uh, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., or Keon Coleman, you know, neighbors from from um, uh, from LSU, those kind of big play receivers that that just kind of completes the offense. Get yourself an, a, a veteran center or an upgraded center, you know. And I, I I would I would sign Deontay Foreman, I think he's a guy that that I believe is only a one year contract. I would sign him back, bring him back. You know, if you're gonna rotate him with with, with uh, Roshan Johnson with with Khalil Herbert next year, I'm fine with that as well. Keep adding and just adding offensive ideas yeah. and concepts to this to this team. Yeah, you've got the the, the explosiveness at quarterback, yeah. at receiver, at running back. You've yeah. got an offensive line now that can move people off the line of scrimmage. This defense continues to build here. You know, I'm I'm been been called you know negative, Danny. I've I've, I've been told you know, I've been a guy that's been told that you know you're just negative, and but I'm seeing. I'm seeing positive signs here, and I'm just saying right. this is a way you can probably take this team if you continue to build here and, and maybe not run a table, but win throughout the last four games, right? Now yeah. that gets you to what eight victories on the season, eight and nine. Right. That's, that's that's an improvement over what looked like was going to happen at the beginning of the season. You right. get the momentum going into the offseason and just continue to add, whether it's in a coaching staff, whether it's on talent, and, and and instead of blowing everything up, bringing a new quarterback, bringing a new offense coordinator, bringing a whole. Right. If you want to continue this continuity, that's how teams get better. But right. Matt Eberflus, you got to put your foot down. You got to tell your Courtney Lugetti, run a damn ball, get Justin under center, Luke more play action. Let's build our passing game off of the run, the run action game, and that's how we're going to put up points. Like I said, you get 28 points a game. This defense continues to get better. You're going to win more games there, Matt Eberflus. Yeah, and we and we've seen over the last few weeks, we've seen Ryan either uh, during the Vikings game uh, be more critical. Sorry about that. Be more critical of. Um, be more critical of the uh, passing game or actually motioning that we, you know, speed up the pace with the offensive game. And like I said, I've seen, I think I saw a clip last week where possibly Matt Eberflus call a third and third and long play or whatnot. I, I, I'm, I'm hearing the noise. I'm hearing the noise of more players getting involved with uh, uh, more of the coaches getting involved with the offensive concept. Uh, but I don't want to breeze over something you said, Danny. You said that, you know what I'm saying? Luke Getzey has only had one real coaching offensive coordinator job. And it's it, and that shows up in his play calling, the experience with game planning, installing game planning and play calling. And it will help to have somebody that has a deeper resume come in and give him really serve as a mentor, right? But also secondarily to be there in case that person needs to, to take over, so to speak, the offense needs to take over, but have somebody there as a mentor to say, hey, you know what I'm saying? Have you ever you ever learned this concept? Do you learn? You know what I'm saying? Do you know? Because it know it seems like like Nagy, he knows the surface level plays, but when it goes into having the wealth of Design. knowledge and the, the bag to dig into, you know, it's talking about it. going in your back, yeah. right? Have, having the contingencies off of that, it seems like the contingency plays off of his plays. Like I, I said, we ran the zone read today, right? When did you see the RPO playoff of the zone read? Because you know they walk down safeties at some point, right? To stop the zone read, 
When did you see the RPO plays off of that? You got to have your counter play off power, right? You got to have boots off of certain plays. So the contingency plays aren't there. He doesn't have a bag to go into, and he gets in trouble with that. So I agree with you, Danny. We, we need to either fire the dude outright, or we need to bring an assistant in and say, hey, you know what I'm saying? Let me look over your shoulder a little bit, kid, and let me show you some things. But even like a guy, like I'm, throw, I'm throwing it out there, like Greg Roman, right? He could be the run game coordinator and guess yep. he could be the pass game coordinator and I guess you call the plays and in a combination with him and, and Roman could put together the game plan. It's stuff like that, like just to get, build you, put you in a position where what you do best is run the football, okay? Yep. I'm assuming you're going to add to that offensive line. I'm assuming you're going to add to the offensive uh, artillery outside uh, for Justin Fields. Keep Justin Fields. Use that his, his ability to run as, as a quarterback. Maybe not 18 carries or, or 15 carries. Maybe seven to 10 carries a game. But utilize that that creativity now and add the passing attack of, of Getty that he likes to call up. And now just just pull more out of this offense. You get more out of this offense. Obviously, defensively, you have Eberflus calling the plays. And I think something something that guys that we don't know the the impact that that's have has happened over this past couple of weeks. But Phil Snow, the senior defensive uh, assistant that was added. How much of impact has he had in terms of pre-scouting the the the, uh, the opponents, giving Ibrahimovic that the extra you know uh, kind of a voice in his ear to help him with these game plans? You know, right. we don't know the impact, but we can assume because since his arrival, although hasn't this correct me if I'm wrong, hasn't the defense approved since Phil Snow's arrival? So yes, similar for Lugetsi. Bring in a yeah. veteran offensive mind that can help them put together game plans, that can diversify your offensive system, put your players in the best position to succeed. Next thing you know, keep you don't have to fire the whole scap, but now you're building. You're building right. on the offensive players on the field. You're also building in the coaching staff as well. Imagine this, Aldo. Imagine this. The Bears are on the cutting edge of a wave that is actually the reverse uh, of the what's been the trend in the NFL. What's been the trend in the NFL from a coaching standpoint is to go young, hipster, but we've created a coaching crisis in the NFL because we've gone young and hipster. Go find mm. you two veteran coordinators who don't have uh, uh, allures of grandeur to become a head coach, and, and, and they're going to take off on you just because they get a few calls. Get you a guy that's out there that just wants to coach ball, like Phil Snow, uh, and and you know, get somebody on the offensive end that's not going to take off, and we take a run, we go on a run. I would like that much better than get some young upstart just because he's a hot name. Go against the NFL trend and win for once. And yeah. again, you're, you're not to the future. A new, a new to the future. Let's call it back to the future. You're not bringing a new first-time play caller. You're keeping your play caller. He's learning on the job, but now you're bringing a, a senior offensive assistant who's done it before, been there for, for multiple decades in the NFL, who's helping him develop. Just like players develop with help from coaching on the field, help your young coaching staff develop with a senior assistant. Real quick, Danny, I thought about this. This is year two, the end of year two. Why hasn't Luke transitioned to the booth yet? Well, I mean, that, that I, actually, I don't mind seeing him on the field because I think him and Justin they have a, that one-on-one -on -one connection. I'm okay with that. It's, to me, to him being out because they have coaches up in the up in the booth. They're kind of telling, they're calling, telling Luke what the defense is uh, doing. Personnel is coming in and out, so that doesn't bother me as much. It's I, I like the fact that he's on the field with with uh, with Justin. That if he has to get into Justin's face and they have to talk one-on-one, -on -one, they can do that instead of just being relying on of of the communication. So, but but a lot of times we see Justin talking to Janoko and not to. 
Luke Getze. You know, there's once or twice you see a camera shot of, of Getze and, and Justin kind of having a quick chat. But a lot of times it is a quarterback coach. So I like Getze there on, on the football field. I, yeah, I, I mean, just, I like the different perspective it gives you because it allows you to see the game. And but you, you have get, coaches up in the booth, coach. You, you have get, coaches up there telling you in your history. Yeah, I'm, I, what I'm saying, though, when I'm up there, it allows me to see it is it allows me to see the down it allows me to see the wide receiver depth on some of the plays I'm calling to let me know, hey, you know what I'm saying? I'm going a little bit too long here. Let me shorten the passing game up, get a little bit quicker in the passing game. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm running routes down the field. You know what I'm saying? I'm just throwing out there as a as a as an idea, like, hey, let's 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 transition at some point. Yeah. You know, uh you guys for the last what 15 20 minutes have been riffing and it, you guys have offered so much great content to to bounce off of so i, I i'm not gonna add my two points on every point but i do want to spotlight one thing coach t you have on your social media account and your uh youtube channel and here on bear football you've highlighted the fact that some of these coaches like a luke getsy are really not equipped to deal with an athletic quarterback and that they have a prescribed notion of what the quarterback position is and so they're failing to adapt to the capabilities of a Justin Field. And and Danny has said it too, but yeah. you know, Coach T, you have repeatedly said it, and, and I applaud you for that. And I also, when you say about a senior defensive assistant, the first thing that comes to mind is for me a young whippersnapper because they think outside the box. And a lot of the traditional old guard coaches tend to think of quarterbacking, like Cam Newton said, uh, Peyton Manning did a disservice to the, to us quarterbacks who are athletic, they tend to think that way. But there probably are some OG coaches who could take Justin Fields and utilize his athletic strengths and his arm and his uh, uh, intuition in, 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 uh, in the pocket to great success. Please yeah. uh, take it away. Yeah, because if you look at it, it's not necessarily the, the new wave of quarterback in that it's, it's like almost like a, a misinterpretation of – uh, some of the some of the zone read concepts that you see in college play, right? It's a misinterpretation of it, meaning, uh, and, and I described this during our half our halftime show, right? How you call it on first down, right? Well, listen, you can call it on first down, certainly, but in the NFL, where it's more heavily relying upon the pass game, I would like to see that situationally, right? It's not what, what Luke does. What what frustrates us the most with Luke. And Danny, you let me know how you feel about that. It's not the it's not the complex stuff and him getting gadgety. It's nothing wrong with you getting gadgety, but that's what he majors is. It's what frustrates frustrates you the most about Luke Getsy is mastering the fundamentals, mastering the fundamentals of play calling and fundamental concepts, powers, leads, counters. You know what I'm saying? Uh, situational play calling, the fundamental. You don't need that fancy toss out the dj on fourth and whatever right when you got two guys that run for four yards per carry just get on the center and move the chains luke it's, it gets cute it gets cute he yeah. tosses it to a, to a receiver if you're gonna toss at least toss it to a running back it's right. one yard yeah you're a 230 pound uh six three quarterback that can get in there and get yourself a first down continue to move that's when he gets he gets too damn uh, so so you probably heard this before danny it's not so a lot of times with these young guys, I've seen it too. Like you get a coach and 
the young guys, man, they want to they want to reinvent football. They want to come in and prove something to the crowd that, that they know how to reinvent football. But you're not going to reinvent the foot the game of football. The game is the game is going to call itself. You you go through the week, you game plan, you watch film of the uh, common opponents, you you pull off of the tape what you feel like you can get away with. You shrink down your playbook, you come up with a game plan, and you feel the game and you let it call itself. That that splash, funky, quick, cute stuff. You do that. You do one or two of those a game. You're gonna get away with one or two. Ago. After that, it's over. The, the, the game comes down to this, coach, and and this is this is the way I've seen it, coach. This is the way I've seen coaches coach it. It comes down to the line of scrimmage. Can my yeah. guys move your guys? Can my guys block your guys? Right. If my my SOBs on the front on the front line are tougher than your SOBs on the front line, guess what? I'm going to be successful. Yeah. I'm going to run this well, even if they know what the the, the damn play is is coming. You know, they're, they're going to try and stop it. They can't if I'm bigger, better, and stronger than you are. And that's and that's, that's Danny with the, whole coach, with the whole Jim Harbaugh thing and the ceiling science. And I think Deion Sanders did a great job of saying, doesn't matter what if you know what's coming, can you stop it? Right. Can you stop it? And, and that's is, he, he gets too he gets too cute. Fourth and one, you're driving, you're 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 controlling the game. All you need is one damn yard. Don't get cute. Get in the eye formation. Get Justin under center. Do the push push if you want. Do a, a toss sweep to to Deontay Farmer, or just hit a, a a fullback wham into the middle of the damn offensive line and get a damn one yard. That's all you need to do. You need to do a get cute and toss it to DJ Moore and get 15 yards. Get one yard. Continue the momentum. Keep the drive going and put points on the board. This is why I I think I feel I hope a, a senior offensive assistant comes in here and puts his, puts some of that basic just just calm down luke let's get the let's get the first down and then we can set up this next first down by maybe going doing this or stop this formation look at ben johnson multiple formations today we see two receivers on the then we saw our, our receiver there are times you saw three receivers but again they ran out of those sets they never pass out of three receiver sets all the time they never run out of the two receiver sets all the time they just keep defenses off off balance and that's what you got to do and if you have an athletic player like justin fields uh, a DJ Moore on the outside, a Cole Komet who's who's really come on developed, a young offensive line that's developing. You got uh, uh, hopefully you bring in another receiver on the outside. You got weapons that can do this, and you have a defense that's coming together on, under the head coach. And now you now if you okay, you put twenty eight points a, a, a board a, on the scoreboard a week, you have a defense now that I feel like could hold on to that lead, win you more football games, and that's how your defense your team grows. You get that winning culture, you get the confidence, and now next thing you know, you're winning football games week in and week out. Yeah, Danny, you described one of my coachingism I described on my pregame show, right? I was showing some of the film of the first Detroit game, and Detroit was in the formation. I think it was 12 or 13 personnel under center, uh, and they ran the play. And I said, listen, this is when I when I do week one install of my offense, I install all under center pro I or power I formations. And I tell the boys, I say, listen, I don't care what we're in. We, I, I want you when I when I install these plays, I want to be able to come up to the line of scrimmage, and I want you to be able to point to the hole we're running to, and show the defense, and tell them to play. And there's nothing there can do about it. The saying in coaching is this: there's no adjustment for, and Jenny just said it. There's no adjustment for. We're just bigger, badder, and tougher than you are at the line of scrimmage, and that's how it goes. When you can play that style of football, you can win a lot of football games, especially in, in the playoffs where the field and everything gets tight. When the game gets tight, 
The games go by much faster because you're not throwing the ball as much in the playoffs. You can win a lot of football games that way when you dominate the line of scrimmage and just play good defense. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I hope we bring somebody in at a minimum that'll be a senior consultant to, get, to shake this mind, guy, man, and be, bring him and be like, hey, man, it's just like, you know, it's just like with the defense, man. Once we started concentrating on dominating the line of scrimmage, it didn't matter all the pretty trinkets we had in the back, in the secondary, the linebackers. We needed to establish things up front. And once we got a dude up front, things start transitioning a what, little bit. What so. does Montez Sweat do? Montez Sweat is not the quick twitch, electric, first step, get off, you know, bend around the, around the edge and get, get to your quarterback like a Von Miller or, or some of those, those highlight guys. He's a pure power guy that, that yeah. wins with strength and length. Be able to, like today, he bench pressed that, that Decker back into the quarterback, used his long length to, to go ahead and grab golf one arm basically and, and curl that sack. So again, big, powerful, strong guys up front. And that's what Iberflus liked coming from the Colts with, with you know, DeForest Bucker, not the traditional 3-4, or I'm sorry, uh, three technique in this 4-3 system. Them, more of right. a bigger, longer, you know, uh, a stout uh, kind of a kind of a three technique. You know, he likes those big defensive linemen. So again, it's, it's bigger, stronger, athletic guys up front. Now continue to do that on the offensive line. Continue to win the line of scrimmage. I guarantee you, if you continue to win the line of scrimmage on both offense and defense, you're going to have a good damn team. You're going to have a good damn team. You put weapons around Justin Fields. You're going to have a good damn team. There's no reason to blow us up. You know, and then th we're talking about these, you know, the quarterbacks like Justin, guys that can run and, and throw. Guys, this is what college is producing. Watch Saturdays. Jaden Daniels <laughs> just won the Heisman Trophy. He's coming to the NFL. JJ McCarthy from, from Michigan. He's a I better, dual I better get used to it. Professor, right? But he's he's great in terms of he plays in a pro system under Jim Harbaugh that does all the pro weeds and all that stuff. You know, Caleb Williams, he's not a great pocket passer. He's a guy that can create after after everything breaks down with him, holds on to the football a lot as well. You know, Drake May might be a guy more of a, a traditional pocket passer, but again, he's athletic for a guy who's 6'4, 220 some pounds as well. So college is producing these young athletic quarterbacks that can use their legs. So you have one now. Why start all over again? Just continue to build around him, coach him up, and now, now you can your program can go up here, uphill instead of just starting all over again and crashing. This is what I'm saying. They should have won three games against top their top two teams in the division, three games in a row. They won two out of damn three. Right? They should have won three. So I'm saying this team is getting better. There's no doubt about it. All you got to do now is just fix some of the holes on the coaching staff and on on the football field. And I think if you can continue to finish the season strong. You have something to look forward to. I haven't been this optimistic about a Matt Eberflus coach team in in a long as time. So, and Aldo can can stand, you know judge that. But I mean, they, they, just today's victory, and it's not just based on one game, guys. It's based on the last three games. The fact that they 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 handled Detroit in Detroit. They should have won that game. They handled them today. They pretty much dominated this game versus Detroit. Detroit really, if it wasn't for that fourth and one bad call by by Getty, Detroit might not even got into this game, guys. You know, seriously, because the, the, the way the Bears team was playing. The Bears, the Bears are controlling. Might have been a screaming. blowout. Yeah. Could have been. Could have yeah. been. And that's your top. That's your top team in in, in, in the division. division. And you've handled them twice. Yeah. You obviously know how to uh, uh, game plan against his quarterback. He's throwing four interceptions against you, or maybe six now. But in, in the last two games, so so that's that's who you got to beat to win this division, right? And if that's a top team and you can beat them, just improve on what you got now. And what you got in front of you now is the opportunity. You got Green Bay in the last game of the season. You beat two division foes, right? You do uh, two division foes um, during the regular really? season. I'm if not you, 
Yeah, I'm saying you got green, but you got an opportunity to send a message to the rest of the division, finish the season out strong. When we get there, you split the division because I always talk about winning. It's not always linear. We think, you know, what I'm saying sometimes fans think we're going to go from whatever we were doing before to Super Bowl contenders. And I talked about how, hey, you you may lose a close game and then you win, you squeak one out and then the next game is a blowout. Well, that actually just played out over the last three games for us. We lost one close, but we should have won. You got that feeling in your gut. You came back. You didn't have the most impressive uh, output versus uh, Minnesota, but you hung on to win, and now you go in and you blow a team out. You blow them out on the scoreboard, but you still go back to the room, the tape room on Tuesday or Wednesday when they go in, and there's plenty to pick from and say, hey, guys, we won. And just imagine if we just clean this up or clean that up. We catch a ball here. We catch a ball there, you know what I'm saying? We complete a pass. Uh, we don't we don't turn down here. We don't turn down there. By the way, NFL fans, I'm just gonna let y'all know because I've been watching a lot of tape lately. Ten percent, ten percent of your throws are gonna be turned downs. By the way, you know what I'm saying? Ten percent. So if we threw 33 passes today. You're gonna get about three turnouts. If you see more than three, then you can go crazy. Don't go crazy because you get all 22 next week and you see a few turn downs because I've been watching a lot of turn downs. Over the last three or four weeks, by the way. And all the, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, Coach. Quick, quick question. Quick question. What what does a turn down mean? A turn down is might be where you turn down an open receiver and choose to do something else. I watched the I watched the so I did a comparisons of uh Luke Getze's approach to the Broncos. I mean to the Lions and uh Sean Payton's approach to the Broncos, Sean Payton's approach to the Detroit Lions to compare game plans head to head. I had both. Uh, sets of all 22 up, first two drives, showing you how Sean Payton uh, addressed it compared to how Luke Getzey uh, addressed it. First two first two series, Russell Wilson, I saw two turndowns. Guys wide open. Where you, Our fans would have been going crazy. Oh, my God, he was open. It happens. 10% of your plays is going to be turned down. So if you throw it 40 times, look for about four plays. It's probably going to be turned down. Something, the, something the has to count. When you're watching the all 22s, the key in those is look at the quarterback's head. The quarterback's going through a progression because his first one could really be going to his right. And now you see a tight end in the seam wide open. I think Cole Komet was open on the seam on that this the, the sack in the second half, I want to say. And but but Justin's looking over to 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 his left for DJ Moore because he's going through his progression. And by the time he gets to Cole Komet, Cole Komet might be covered by that point. But then everybody's like, like, oh, he was wide open, but he wasn't the first guy in his progression. He wasn't that guy. So that's the thing. And the other thing is. I can see Aldo wants to get me drug tested because of the way I've been talking so positive today about about Aberflus and, and the staff. So <laughs> you, can send that, you can send that drug test. I'll, I'll pee in and send it back to you if you want. No. <laughs> um, I, I do want to show you a player too, and we're still awaiting uh, Matt Aberflus to uh, to go to his press conference. But uh, Coach T and Danny, because I've been critical of Justin and that he doesn't release the ball quick enough and that his processing is sometimes, sometimes slow. And so on this play, which the Bears ended up settling for a field goal, he's got Darnell Mooney there by the uh, cone, but he chooses to go to DJ Moore. And in fact, he probably could have hit DJ Moore if the ball was better placed. One more time, here's Darnell Mooney who makes the cut Right there, if you fire it to Darnell Mooney, it's a touchdown. But instead, he goes to his guy, DJ Moore. I have no problem with that choice. But I do think that there was a better decision. He just stayed on his first read, which was DJ Moore, and he could have made 
uh, a post-snap adjustment to Darnell Mooney. Coach, uh, you've been a, a harsh, not harsh, but a strong defender of Justin Fields and some of that decision-making. Can you tell us what he did or did not do wrong there? I'm going to tell anybody that watched all 22, you're going to be, you're going to break down, you're going to look at all 22. There was 33 passes thrown today. Mm -hmm. 33, mm -hmm. pass, 33 attempts today. There's going to be three turnstiles. Mm -hmm. There's probably going to be a whole handful of plays where you say like Aldo did, where he could have just did this, right? That's mm -hmm. football. It's just, it's just football. You're going to see at least three plays on a tape where it's a guy standing in the middle field where he could have just been like, oh, I'm just going to dump it right here where he might have decided to take off. What I'm going to charge you to do is go pull up the Lamar Jackson All-22, pull mm -hmm. up the Russell Wilson All-22, and, and, and the Mahomes All-22, go through yeah. the entire game, and then let me know if you come away with the same take about those quarterbacks, and then I'll rest my case right there. I, I, Wills, I Let me say this point, Danny, and then I, I, I'm dying to hear what you got to say. Those guys, though, have achieved a higher level of success. So, yeah. you know, it, it's a little – you were comparing apples and oranges. We still have a quarterback in Justin Fields who's incredibly talented, still trying to achieve that type of consistency and success that you just mentioned. Go ahead, Danny, your thoughts. No, I'm saying, like, to me, when I saw that play, I'm like, all right, his first read was D.J. Moore. If D.J. Moore got one-on-one -on -one coverage, he's throwing it to more. My criticism of Justin is he needs to make a better throw. That ball's got to be more towards a pylon, more towards the outside. If it makes a better outside. throw, he has a better chance of making a touchdown grab. And, of course, if it's a better throw, it's a touchdown, no one's going to be arguing with it. But that, that's where my Three thing is. There. Um, Let's resume so that discussion as soon as uh, uh, Coach Eberflus is done here at the podium. How we started out the game strong, like how we started out on offense, you know, driving the ball down the field. Um, you know, a pretty good solid start there in the first quarter, you know, and then we went for it on the, on the fourth and one. That's kind of where momentum shifted a little bit. Um, and that was a good go. I mean, it was, at the, you know, we're outside our kick line there and it was certainly, you know, a play we liked and, and they had an alignment where they, you know, did a good job of executing against us, you know, and that's kind of where momentum shifted. You know, they went down and scored on us and, uh, went back and forth from there from the first half. And, uh, you know, so it really uh, just gathered the guys at halftime and just told them a little bit about, hey, this is where this is where it is right now. You know, it's uh, it's a tie game, and we just got to do a really good job of executing our fundamentals and basics. And that's what uh, I told them from the bye week, and that was our biggest thing that we wanted to talk about. You know, for improving ourselves. And I talked to you guys, of course, you know, during the week with that. You know, it's by by position. You know, yourself as an individual. You know, and then really working as a unit. And uh, that was the message, you know, and like in the first half, we weren't really uh, good on defense and on third down. Uh, we did not uh, do a good enough job in the run game. You know, it, you know, they popped a couple runs on us. So we had to go back to the basics and the guys came out, you know, in the second half and, and did a really good job of executing the calls. And uh, that gave us a chance to win it. You know, it's so obviously the big momentum shift, you know, uh, that we talk about was obviously the, the third and 13 going to fourth and, you know, 13 and, us going out there and they jumped off sides and us hitting that shot to DJ, you know, that was a big momentum shifter there. And then the very next play, they end up fumbling the staff and, you know, and TJ ended up, you know, getting the fumble recovery and, you know, and then cashing in. So it was good. You know, it's uh, the big thing with us is that working on sudden change, that was the big part of it, you know, offensively. I thought we did a solid job of that today. Um, defense did a nice job of taking the ball away. We were still plus three and that's going to be a big part uh, for us. And then finishing in the fourth quarter. You know, that's always a big part of winning in the NFL and 
and we did that today. Uh, but we beat a good opponent today. My hats off to them. They they're they're tough. They play they play a good style, and uh, our guys did, did a good job of coming through in the fourth quarter and, and finishing off the second half. But uh, with that, open up the questions. The free play. Um, a lot of you guys were saying they did not expect Detroit to jump. Didn't expect to be running a play on that snap. What kind of high level processing does that ask of Justin to be able to react in the moment and then run a good play at a time when you're not expecting to run a play at all? Yeah, you have a couple options off of that when they jump. You know, one of them is, you know, you go, I'll go, you know, and that's that's what we did. And, you know, DJ's hard to cover. He's hard to cover when you got a guy, you know, over top of him or just one one guy on him like that. So um, a really good throw, really good catch, and a really good reaction, you know, because when they jump, you got to beat them to the punch, you know, because the defense isn't quite ready uh, when that happens. And what happens is, is a lot of times the D-line stops. You know, when they jump off sides, they stop, they hesitate, so you have a little bit more time. And that's exactly what happened on that play. What, in your estimation, sold that to make them jump? What's that? What, what do you sense? Made Cadence. Them? What do you think sold that? that <laughs> it's just it's it's just Cadence. You know, it's the hard count. You know, he did a really good job of hard counting. You know, and uh, you know, just a really good job there. And they got him to jump using his, his, his use of cadence, and that's what it was. You're giving up two touchdowns late in the first half. The defense came out and completely shut him down, like no first downs on five drives. What does it say about that unit's resiliency? Yeah, you know, it's about those guys hanging hanging together. They do a great job at halftime. I mean, our, our coaches do an unbelievable job uh, getting the pictures right. Um, you know, they're all drawn up. I mean, it's like looking at a playbook. I mean, they do a great job um, making the adjustments, and we all gather together. Everybody's sitting in there, and we talk about what our plan, what happened, what was the breakdowns, and then what's go, what are we going to do going forward? And uh, what's going to be the calls? And I tell them, you know, how we're going to adjust, what we're going to do differently on third down in situations. And they do a great job with uh, with coming together that way. So you're on a win streak now for the first time since you got here. You just beat a team that came back to beat you two weeks ago. Do you have a hope that this could be a springboard? I, you know, it's a win, but do you hope it might carry a little more than a win? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it's a big deal. You know, it's it's been a long time coming. You know, you beat uh, to win two in a row, and, and it's two division, you know, opponents, which is big. And uh, the guys are super excited, but we could feel this coming. You know, with, with the improvement was was happening, you know, over time. And I just kept telling them, if you keep doing right, uh, it's going to be right, and good things are going to happen. And two most important things is the ball and the fourth quarter finish. And uh, the guys always stayed together. You know, there was never a point where, you know, the morale was bad or the guys, you know, didn't have that. And I told them that in the room. You know, I said I appreciate their leadership because they hung together through adversity and, you know, football's tough. It's hard to win, you know, so it's, uh, it's really good by the, by them. It's hanging together. And it's so important that uh, they keep doing the work patterns, right? Because they've always worked hard, right? They've always, you know, worked on detail and fundamentals and uh, they just got to continue to do that week to week. Yeah, just the, the fourth and one where Sam Ward stopped, what was your thought process behind that call and, and the execution of Sam Ward's execution of, of it? Yeah, I mean that was uh, that's a call where they're on that mi- on the minus field, and uh, you know we just uh, that was a call we really liked um, in that situation. Um, you know it's a kind of a slanting line. You know we actually you know we end up uh, slanting right into it, and uh, you know he made a nice play. Now, Jaquan had 17 tackles today. Jaquan. Great. Yeah, isn't that crazy? What did you think of the way he was playing? Sounds like my college stats for crying out loud. Uh, but no, it's uh, you know what, Ball State over there. I got you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, uh, it's unbelievable to get 17 tackles 
I mean, that's unheard of. I don't think that's ever happened in, in my career to have a guy have that many tackles. Wow. I honestly can't remember. I mean, I have to go look it up, but that's amazing. And what he brings, what Brisker brings is, is the reason why we drafted him. You know, um, we, you know, Ryan and I always talk about guys we acquire and bring in here. They have to love football because what does that do? That love and football, it brings a passion and a juice to everybody else. If we get enough guys like that, which we have a bunch of guys like that, you can tangibly see that on the field. You can feel that energy, right? And, and that's, that's what he is. And we got to just got to keep bringing guys like that in here and doing a great job evaluating. And, and Ryan and his crew are definitely doing that. But, uh, man, that's amazing. 17 tackles is unbelievable. You spoke of your belief that this team is progressing the right way all along. Yeah, what's the feeling of reward that this team, you won a couple of games out here getting the, the, the it's it's you know it's just like anything you know you want to see the proof of it you know you can you know I, I talked to you guys earlier in the week about the small wins you know that you have and you can see the the improvement you know by the unit by the positions and stuff like that and then you know to have a win like this is it's proof for those guys you know it's proof for our staff it's proof really for you know the Chicago Bear fans and and they were great out there today they were loud when they needed to be loud and it was it was awesome and and uh I just want to tip my hat to the fans yeah, that's a cool play, wasn't it? I, I like that. That's uh, that was good because you got your two best players right there. You know, guys that really are, are you know, you know what the defense is really worried about. You know, and you got one going this way and one going that way, so they draw attention. And I thought it was a really cool play design. I, I love the play during the week. And it was well executed, you know, and, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's fast, you know, really fast. And he can get to the corner. And what's great about DJ, and you can see that when he catches the ball, his hands are so strong, but he's got great contact balance. I know he didn't have to use it on that play, but uh, that was a, a cool play by, by Getsy. You guys have been bitten by some poorly uh, timed penalties uh, recent games. Just four today, 35 yards. Uh, what was your thoughts on the effort to get that focus this week? Yeah, it was it was big. You know, we, we've been focusing on that. Like we talked about, you know, for the bye week improvement, you know, one of them was the false starts and, you know, the holding penalties and that. I think we improved on that, you know, only having four. Um, and, you, we, you know, we always bring it to a man's attention. You know, when you do that, you know, and we have, you know, things that we do, you know, afterward, if you get a false start, you're doing this, you're doing that. You know, it's 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 important to the guys. And, and we pointed out to them, show it in the team meeting and, and the guys want to do right. Yeah, yeah, that was a, that was the play design to pitch it to him. Yeah, so we we're going to fake the uh, you know the push play, the rugby play, and then uh, we we're going to flip it to DJ. It's just great. By uh, Detroit did a good job of really um, you know executing on that play, and they they made a nice tackle. What I do love about that play though is that DJ when he ran it like. When he knew he was going to get tackled, he really went forward and, and uh, with violence and with passion. And that's what I liked about that play. For that not to kill momentum, obviously you guys are up at 10-0 at that point. For you guys to rebound going into halftime, what does that say about the growth of this team and being able to flip that switch and, and carry that momentum that they might have lost in that moment? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, you know, we end up, they end up getting that conversion. You know, they stopped us on that. Then they went down the field. We got to do a better job on defense there for sure. Uh, but regaining momentum is always about knowing that the game is 60 minutes long and we can re regain momentum. And our defense did a heck of a job coming out in the second half. And uh, I think we went a couple, three and outs in a row, maybe two or three of them, and uh, did a nice job with that. We took the ball away a couple times and, and did what we had to do at the end. You know, when you're up there, 
you know, we worked worked our tail off on that when you're up on an opponent, just like we were last time. We worked on it uh, with the calls and the execution and actually simulating that during practice um, a few times uh, during this week, and uh, the guys did a good job. Do you feel like you have, defensively, as the defensive play caller, do you feel like you have all the pieces you need personnel-wise to call a defense that matches your vision of what the defense should be? Good question. Maybe last year, early this year, you were having to make up for some shortfalls in certain positions? Yeah, I mean, you know, as you acquire more talent, you can do, you can let those guys play, you know, and let those guys do things and play more coverage, and you can do that. And we, we still pressured a bunch today, but um, I love our players, you know, offense, defense, and, you know, in the kicking game. I, I love all of them, and they're doing a great job of, like I said, hanging together. But in terms of Escher, answering your question, Jason, yeah, I feel I feel a lot better about it. characterize the yeah, it's it's like you said, Pat. It's opportunity. It's opportunity for us to put our best foot forward, you know, and and be able to uh, you know stay the course and being able to keep coming together and keep executing at a higher rate. Um, and there's a lot of things out there that we can learn from, you know. And so we're going to take the same mindset. We're going to look at the tape and we're going to try to you know uh, you know make sure we look at it with the right way. You know, it's not all you know rose-colored glasses because you won the game. That's not it. You got to learn from this game and, and get better. Thank you. All right, excellent stuff. I uh, <laughs> I, I was actually halftime. Is what you said? I'm sorry. Say it again. Did he say the game was tied at halftime? Yes, he did. <laughs> he doesn't know. Did I right on right on cue? Right on cue. Did I not say it? Did I not say it? I did not say it. Y'all don't see the offside comments. I say he goes. He gonna say something dumb at some point. It says something stupid like that. Uh, yeah. You know, I got to tell you. Let, oh, wait a minute. Uh, Justin Fields is already at the podium, so let's go to him now. Where's Justin? Here he comes. Yeah, I mean, basically, we just lined up in a formation. And, um, you know, we tried to get, just get him to jump off sides. So, just went on one then did a, you know, a dummy protection adjustment uh, to make it feel like a real play. And, of course, the second one. You know, we got somebody to jump, and then, I mean, at that point, you want to you want to convert because I think it was fourth and what twelve you said. So that's only a five yard penalty. So um, did a great job of front protecting. Um, I think Ted did a great job selling it and stuff like that. DJ ran off the ball hard, and we practiced that you know each and every week. So uh, it was it was great execution by every by everyone. Key to selling that without being over dramatic and overselling it the way they don't believe it. Just treat it like the same play, like just just treat it like a normal play. And um, you know, most teams are you know knowing that's going to come. So, um, you know, just, just treating it like a normal play. What's the challenge to take advantage of it? I understand how you guys got it, but to be ready to run a real play at a time when you're not expecting there to be one. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not a challenge because we, we practice it, you know, multiple times a week. So, um, you know, we're used to it. Happened, might happen like three times this past week during practice. So not you know, during practice and walkthrough. So, um, like I said, we, we practice it. It happens every week and uh, the guys are ready for it and we, we, we executed it. So it ended up being a big play. What's the key to when you guys don't pick up the third and the fourth down and the just kind of shift and get back in the game? What's keeping y'all to kind of stay resilient and continue to regain control of that game where maybe in the past y'all kind of lost on other teams' control? I mean, yeah, there's we we know as a team that they're going to be ups and downs during the game, and you know we try to stay even field um, throughout the whole time. So I think the guys did that. Um, you know, I think personally we did leave a lot on the field. Um, I think we could have been better in some areas, but. Um, at the end of the day, we got the dub, and that's all that matters. And like I said before, um, the team did a great job uh, being down at halftime, coming out after halftime in the third and fourth quarter, you know, 
advantage of the game and um, just just playing for each other. So, yeah. Just wonder, what's your point of view on the on the DJ fake end around? Uh, so what's the DJ run for a touchdown in the first quarter? What's your point of view in terms of? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was tired that play. I'm so glad Luke called that play, but um. I mean, yeah, my job is just to, uh, you know, fake the end around and, you know, maybe they think we got a trick play or something coming up, but, you know, great blocking. Um, I think DJ just walked in pretty much untouched, so great play calling, uh, great blocking up front. You ever had to sell a run fake before? Is it, is, is not um, yeah, we did it a few times last year. I know we did it against Dallas and then um, maybe another game, but, yeah, we, we, we did it last year a few times. What did you like when, when Luke installed that play? What did you like about the design and kind of were you excited when that, when that call came in? I was excited because I was tired. Um, that's the only reason I was excited. So, you know, I just do my job, fake the uh, little handoff, and, you know, get a little breather. And, and <laughs> so that made it even better. But, um, I mean, yeah, um, I just treat it like a regular play, you know, just do my job. You know, it could be a big play. It could be not. So my biggest thing is just going out on that play and doing your job. And everybody did, did their job and uh, turned out successful. So, yeah. Justin, you said you guys left some stuff on the field. offensively. Cole said uh, is exactly line was that you guys could have put 40 on them. Yeah. What do you look at from your own game, a good game, and say, I can do more than this. I can do more in these areas. So what do I look at? Your game, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just what I messed up on. So, you know, there are a few throws I missed. That dagger to DJ, uh, I'm still sick about that one um, late in the game. But, um, I mean, yeah, there were most plays during the game where we could have executed it better. Um, I think third and short, the one to moon, could have executed that better. Um, it was a great play call. Got exactly what we thought we were gonna get, and um, I mean, yeah, but just the, just the third downs, um, and just the you know, throws downfield. Of course, there were a couple back that I wanted back, but um, you know, and and all we we won the game, and um, you know, still still room to get better. So you know, that's just you know, hope for the future. What were the conversations like uh, in the huddle on the sideline in the fourth quarter as you guys are working on putting this game away? You said what were the conversations like? Normal conversations, um, nothing crazy. Um, just focusing on finishing, everybody doing their job. So nothing, you know, spectacular, or just out of the ordinary. Justin, what is it? What is it about this defense? I mean, four times now you've just demolished them. The way that you run against Detroit, is there something you're seeing the way that their ends are playing that's allowing you to be that effective? I mean, yeah, they did pretty. They did a pretty good job today. I think most of my runs came on scrambles. So um, I think they did a pretty good job today of you know containing me in the uh, run game and. Stuff like that, but when they do, when they do do that, um, it's just my job to you know pull the ball, take the deep, defensive end out of the play. And uh, there's one play I remember where Deontay got like six, seven yards. So you know, anytime we can get six, seven yards in a run play is uh, is uh, great for us. So. Justin, Justin, just the first hit eight more times. How are you feeling, first of all, and then second of all, how, what kind of impact it has on the team? Just get back up that day. Said what? Yeah, I mean, I'll be good, um, you know, body wise, but, um, you know, I think I could probably, you know, take some hits, uh, take some hits off by throwing the ball away or, you know, checking it down faster. So, um, you know, all of those sacks and pressures aren't, you know, on the O line and stuff like that. So I just got to look at the film and, you know, see what I could have, see where I could have gotten the ball out faster, throwing the ball away, boom, 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 and just move on. But, um, you know, uh, I mean, yeah, it's, it's football. So you're going to have games where you get sacked more than usual and you're going to have games where you don't get sacked at all. So, yeah. Um, it might be, but, you know, um, I think we all just play for each other out there. Um, every drive, we go out there and play for each other. So um, I think 
there were plenty of times where, you know, guys could have stepped out of the game. They might might have not been feeling their best. I know some guys were banged up on offense, but, you know, we, we all played through it and played for each other, and that's, you know, what you want out of a teammate and, um, you know, from your coaches and your teammates. So, what do you think a win like this can do for the next month of the season here in terms of you're riding your first win streak in almost two years, right? It feels like the team's playing better. How can you parlay this into a strong finish? Um, Keep everything the same. You know, don't get high. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. And, um, you know, just keep working. Keep getting better each and every day. Um, like I said earlier, there's a lot of spots to improve. Um, like Cole said, we probably could have put up 40 if we wanted to. Or if we, we of course, we wanted to. But if we could have, you know, executed better. But, um, you know, just going back um, and keeping that same mindset working and just getting better each and every day. On your touchdown scramble, at what point did you realize that that running lane was, was there for you? Um, I mean, when I kind of stepped to the right a little bit, I really just saw green guy, green grass. I was looking, you know, for DJ to throw because he was one on one in kind of the back corner. But um, then I kind of just looked down and saw, you know, green grass right there. So um, it was just ran. What's your confidence level now after two wins for the first time? Uh, what's your confidence level going into the final stretch of the year with the offense and you personally? The same. You know, um, we've always had confidence. If you don't have confidence in yourself, you have no shot. So, um, you know, like I think somebody asked me that in there, but um. I mean, yeah, we have confidence as, you know, individual players. As a team, we have confidence. And, you know, we know who we are as a team, and we know what we can do as a team. So, um, like I said, it's just not getting too high or too low, not getting too cocky, and uh, knowing that we have, you know, areas that we can improve in and, you know, that we just have to go in tomorrow, keep getting better, and um, practice, just keep, you know, focusing on the details and just the little stuff in the game. So. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, like I said, there's always room to improve. There's some you know, plays today where um, I might have missed them or we just didn't connect. But, um, you know, that's why we work out the practice, doing extra routes and stuff like that. Um, I've told you since I got here, Moon. One one thing about Darnell Moon, he's gonna put in the work to uh, be successful. So um, you know, I'm not really worried about that at all. We're just gonna you know, keep working and keep keep going at it. So. Just not to put you in a situation where you just sound selfish. It seems like the offense is much better when they're playing the court to the streets. Is there has there been any discussion between you and coaches staff about emphasizing? Emphasizing. Just playing according to your strengths. Like, I, I noticed, uh, like, offensively, we got to run a lot of RPOs, mm-hmm. a lot of play actions. Uh, it, it seems like uh, you're at your best. But it seems like when you're in the pocket, there's not a lot of movement. It seems like there's a lot of stagnant situations taking place. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, uh, Luke knows what I do best. Um, you know, we've been together for a couple of years now, so um, he knows what really everybody does best. So, um, yeah. I don't I think there's, I think we, we game plan in terms of, you know, our opponent, what we have to do. And, you know, also you have to think of what everybody else does well on, on the offensive side of the ball. But, um, you know, we, we call the plays that we need to call to win games. And it's, it's pretty much that simple. So you said, you said you turned the corner on the touchdown run and you saw just green grass. Mm-hmm. Usually it's not green. Usually it's like brown or yellow. Yeah. For a December game like this, how much of a difference does the field condition make? Because from up top, it looks much better than it usually does. Yeah, I mean, funny you say that because when I sat right on the field, I mean, I noticed how green it was. So, um, you know, whoever's keeping up with the field is definitely doing a great job of, you know, handling the grass and, you know, making sure it's good to go when we go out there. Does it make it 
big difference? No, it does. It, it definitely does. Um, so I'm one of the guys that, you know, likes turf because you know what you're going to get. You know, you, you know what turf's going to get you. But, um, I mean, the, the field was, 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 was pretty good out there today. So. You said something along the lines of these last couple of weeks, especially these last two wins, are proof that it's working. What does that show you guys about kind of buy-in, momentum that you're carrying over from the Minnesota game, and what you can do to finish out the Do you say that again, please? To paraphrase something Felice said earlier, he's talking about the last couple of weeks, that like the wins are proof that it's working and showing you guys that in the locker room, that he might send that in the locker room to you guys. What, did, like, what can you take from that to build on these final four games, whether you get more wins or whether, you know, whatever the record ends up being, what can you build on? I mean, yeah. Um, so he basically just shows us the formula of winning. So takeaways, um, explosive plays and stuff like that. Um, third down conversion and stuff like that. So I think that's, those are the areas, you know, eventually to where you win games, winning the fourth quarter and finishing. So as long as we focus on those um, aspects, those situations, um, you know, we're more likely to win again than lose a game. And you know, everybody's bought in uh, the past three or four weeks. And, you know, we're all coming together as a team. So um, I expect nothing but us to, you know, keep coming together, keep getting better and, you know, just keep working. Guys, uh, I'm dying to hear what you have to say regarding Justin Fields' comments, but I do want to make three really super quick points here. Number one, uh, everyone in the chat room is wondering where Don Burr is. He is the resident Detroit Lions fan who comes onto the Barroom Network shows and probably Coach D, your network too, and every other Chicago Bears network talking shit. Well, they're asking, why, why is he? Why is he? Where is he? Where is he? Well, I found him. He's uh, the guy to the left of the dominatrix, and uh, he's taking his punishment elsewhere as opposed to here on the barroom. So that's where he is. Secondly, I am so happy for Justin Fields. I mean, if you saw Wednesday's press conference and the questions that were leveled, and, and I'm not you know, picking on the media, they, it's their job to ask these questions about your future and the pressure and so forth. But he revealed you know, how much of a, that this season has been tough on him, listening to the criticism and so forth. And so for him to take the podium today and after a victory, which a lot of it, it, it was on him, I am so happy for that guy, and I, I wish him continued success. Whether he's a bear or not, I know he's going to have success in the future, and I really, really, really appreciate him and what he's done so far for Chicago. And then third, well – I don't want to even go into third. I'm just dying to hear what you guys have to say about Justin Fields' press conference. Coach T, why don't you go first? Yeah, you're yeah, certainly proud of, of the effort, you know what I'm saying? But, you know what I'm saying, I know the character of this kid. We've been watching him locally here in Georgia for years now, you know what I'm saying? He's been um, putting up great numbers um, as a football player, as a quarterback, you know what I'm saying, elite level winner. Thought he was going to go do some things at Georgia. Uh, for the local Georgia Bulldog fan base, ended up rolling up to Ohio State and becoming the Justin Fields we know. Um, and, you know what I'm saying, like, you know, there's there's fair criticism out there for certain talking points uh, related to his play. But I think when you put things into context, you know what I'm saying, about his tenure here, I saw a cool tweet or something like that on X that says, like, you know what I'm saying, the brain, like the brain uh, – the brain in the blender for people that's talking about year one and counting year one under Nagy. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of ways you can go with that. When you put things into context, you know what I'm saying? A bunch of novices on the coaching staff and having to learn along with your coaching, 
um you if you if you put things into context and you see where we are right now and again you know what i'm saying a close game a get game at detroit a few weeks back um you know what i'm saying some errors made in in minnesota a much more clean game here no turnovers and i'm always concerned about interceptions usually when we talk about buzz quarterbacks they're guys that's throwing the ball to the other team for pick sixes and interceptions and running back the other way and i said this on the opening show today you can clean up uh, and coach up, you know what I'm saying, ball security for the quarterback standpoint. What you can't coach up is when guys is just throwing the ball to the other team and they seem like um, they have a careless attitude about how they throw the ball and, and or a guy that's just a, a Johnny Menzel type that's just partying and not studying and not working hard and not, you know, not trying and so on and so forth. Those are the things that you can't coach. So, Proud of the kid, definitely been tough on him here in Chicago. But you know what I'm saying? As a second or third largest uh media base in the nation, that comes with the job, right? We understand that that comes with the job. Um, shout out to him, shout out to his parents for you know instilling that character in him to stay steady um uh, throughout this. And I believe, I believe, man, guess what? We got two indoor teams uh coming into Chicago, Chicago Atlanta, and Arizona. Um Coming into us, you know, when the when the weather gets the nastiest, uh, we got the game in Cleveland, and then you got Green Bay, uh, in Green Bay. I I think they can get some. I think they can get some more work done throughout this season and make a make a make a real case for and quiet some of the noise around his job security moving forward. Yeah, in terms of me, I mean, I, I just it just shows the the continued maturity of of this kid. That the kid's a team leader. That the team loves him. Uh, they play hard for him. They they believe in him. And for me, and you know, it, it, the guy it's, it's continuing take. He's a big target for everyone. Any any incomplete ball, any interception, any anything that goes wrong in offense, it's all on Justin Field. We saw it today at halftime. You know that the Bears defense gave up 13 unanswered points, and I think not always pointing the finger on Justin Fields and his inability to make reads quickly. You know that's the one thing that it, that, that I've stressed in terms of coming into the season where I want to see Justin improve is that that play clock in his head, just getting the ball out quickly, making quick decisive reads and not taking sacks, not taking those unnecessary hits. And he even says that that's things that he he's working on. He, you know, that 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 dagger to, to DJ Moore, that was a wide open throw. He missed it. He airmailed. He knows that was a bad throw. He's going to work on it. The one that to, to Darnell Mooney, that could have been a third and it's a third and two. That could have been a first on conversion. He missed it. He knows it. The kid doesn't sit there and make excuses. He just knows that he's got to continue to work and, and get better. And I think that's the thing is like, we got to be patient with this kid, give him more time, you know, allow him to, to, to speed up that play clock, you know, go into an offensive system, hopefully for the third year consecutively with some offensive help. You know, we talked about earlier in, the, in this, in this program and just continue to build the kid, put weapons around him. Um, and just, you know, continue to be, like, like all the, all the off the field stuff, all the it stuff, the, the, the attributes you want in, in a leader and a quarterback, he's got it. It's just these, these, some of the small finer tuning, on the offense and, and like today, you know, until he gets to that point where he's just one, two, three, bang, balls out of his hands. He, he knows what we know. He's, he's this play speed in his head. The play clock in his head is quick enough. Today was a perfect example of the type of game we need from Justin Fields, 200 plus yards passing around 60 yards, rushing one rushing touchdown, one passing touchdown, you know, give us two touchdowns on, on, on offense and continue to, to, to work off of that play, that, that run game. I think that's a winning formula for this team. You talked about, you know, next week going to be a tough opponent that the Browns have a nasty defensive line, a nasty defense all around that, that, that man, Miles Garrett, uh, you know, I hope they run a lot of 12 personnel and, and put some, some protection out there on that side because Justin's going to have to be able to, you know, be able to get away from him 
get rid of the ball quickly. We might see one of those, you know, horizontal play games again, where, where or, or game plans again, where he's getting the ball out of his hands and getting the ball quickly into DJ Moore's hands and, and the receiver's hands, just to you know, kind of offset what Miles Gary can do. But you know, just continue to grow with this kid. And and, and again, this is not something that you know it's 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 happened over as quick as some has wanted to, but also it's it's a team that's been building around him. And then just continue to add weapons. And that's where I, I stress here is, is the patience with this kid is because you see that potential. You see the ability to make plays with his arms, with his legs. Yeah, there's things he's got to clean up, but he knows it. And and I just hope that they continue to stick with him and continue to give him a shot to become the player that he can be. Coach, I, I want to give you another shout out. Uh, and, and I know Danny has made this point too. But, you know, when we're looking and evaluating Justin Fields, you have to really have knowledge of what is going on with quarterbacking in the entire NFL, not only now, but also history. And I know I've been on that uh, in the past with uh, there were people who worked here on the network who were very critical of Charles Leno Jr. And in fact, most of the fan base was very critical of Charles Leno Jr. But I kept saying, you guys don't know what the hell is happening with the left tackle position in the NFL. This guy is should be ranked 14th, 15th best NFL left tackle, and you're treating him like he's trash. And that is not the case. You know, so there's a lot of reasons behind that. But anyway, I just wanted to give kudos to where kudos are deserved to Coach T and Danny Shimon for making us aware that when we're being critical of the coaching staff, of the quarterbacks, the linemen, the players, and so forth, we have to take it within the context of the entire NFL. This team, I'll finish up with this, and then we'll go to final thoughts, guys, because I could talk to you guys for another two hours, but we got families and stuff to do on Sunday nights. Um, I really do feel like this team sent a promise to Chicago Bears fans, and that promise was we have the talent, and in the upcoming offseason, we have to augment that talent with the necessary pieces in order to succeed and, and get into the playoffs and win Super Bowls. And that uh, those pieces, it could be a head coach, it could be an offensive coordinator. I, I don't know what it is. We'll, we'll be thinking and talking about that a lot more over the next few months. But this, the talent that I saw out there on the football field was, was took the challenge of the Detroit Lions, the media darlings of the NFL, and they squashed it. Coach T, I'll give you your final word, and then we'll go to Danny. Yeah, I'm a segue off of what you just said right there, Aldo, right? I think what you're looking at with this football team is a much improved uh, football team from week one versus Green Bay where we pissed down our legs um, in a game we expected to win, the entire fan base expected to win. And now you're starting to see the fruits of the work collectively of the entire organization. Ryan, uh, Ryan Pose goes out and gets Montez Sweat. The, the philosophy was in. Uh, Matt Eberflus takes over as defensive coordinator. Phil Snow comes in. Whatever his role in that situation is, dialing up pressure. You know what I'm saying? A little bit, a little bit better. Um, you know what I'm saying? Communication in the offensive staff. I think this offense is still behind the defense. Um, I still, I still think the coordinator position, um, like me and Danny have emphasized during this show, is something you have to take a look at whether you bring in a senior offense assistant to either take over run game coordinator or passing game coordinator. I'm thinking the other way. 
opposite of Danny. I think we need a passing game coordinator type guys to tighten things up and show show uh, uh, certain things up a little bit. But you know what I'm saying? If we run off, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, we run off three of the next four. You know what I'm saying? We're having a different conversation about this football team, and you have to take that into consideration, obviously, for the head coaching job. But then also talking about Justin Fields, man. We Listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a little bit selfish and plug the show and say, listen, if you want to understand the context, context of offensive play a little bit better, because you need to be able to break down the film and understand what you're looking at, right? If you're going to make your takes and you're really going to be one of those type of people that, you know what I'm saying, I stand on my takes and all this other stuff, you know what I'm saying, come over to the come over to the playbook sessions that we do on the show where we break down two or three se- series, and I just don't break down Luke Getze. I'm comparing Luke Getze's offensive call play calling to common opponents, right? So we played Detroit. I showed the, uh, the Baltimore Ravens how they attacked Detroit. I show how Sean Payton attacked Detroit. So you can see how we're stacking up against um, our guys, stacking up against some of these other coordinators out there. And then you'll begin to see, you know what I'm saying, what we're talking about when we're critical of the offensive coordinator. So, yeah, man, um, excited for the win. Congratulations to the fan base, um, definitely the players, the staff, and all that good stuff. And I say let's, let's get another one next week, man. Yeah, for me, in terms of my final thoughts, obviously, I, th- I think this this is a a victory that I said earlier that, that could be a Matt Eberflus, you know, uh, defining moment, defining victory, second back to back wins, first time in his, in his coaching career is on that back to back wins in the division. Uh, really should have won the last three. Uh, you know, took the top team in the division and pretty much dominated them for about seven and a half quarters. You know, that was a half quarter in the fourth in, in Detroit where they end up losing that game. So, you know, that, that you know that's what you want to do. You want to be able to win your division first, you know, beat the best teams in your division. And, and you know, the Bears have shown they can do that. Again, they're not a finished product by yet. You know, they still have, you know, a, a young quarterback that's, that's still developing. They still need to put a couple more offensive weapons out on the outside for him. You know, and like I said, a center uh, overall to, to kind of protect them better on the offensive line, but they're developing. And the one thing is, is, is this defense is coming along. If this defense continues to hold teams to, you know, the way they've been, you know, shutting down Detroit and, and Minnesota and some of the other teams, continue to hold them under 20 points. And if the offense puts up 21 or 28 points a game, you're going to keep, keep winning. Now, next week is going to be a big challenge. You know, defensively, Obviously, uh, the quarterback position for Cleveland isn't a, what it was uh, uh, when Deshaun Watson was playing, but you know they're still they, they have a solid you know offensive line, solid running game. You got to be able to stop the run, and then defensively, they have some some guys that can get after the quarterback. So I, I'm curious to see what Lugetti does here next week to go ahead and kind of build some momentum. But if they go in and they can beat Cleveland. Now you're talking about a, a team possibly running the table. And again, they they stand today at five and eight after today's victory. Think about it, guys. There there are two games that they blew: the Broncos game here. And the, the Lions game three weeks ago. This team could be seven and six right now in the thick of the playoff hunt if they had just taken care of those, those two games. So we're talking about a young team developing. You know, everyone's talking about getting rid of Justin Fields and all this stuff. But just think about what I just said right now. They could be seven and six, probably should be seven and six in the thick of the playoff hunt here in the NFC. So you know, it's it's a thing that I, I've been I've been harsh on Matt Eberflus, and 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 I'm right now I'm, I'm this is again this is a, a game for me that he kind of stepped up and, and his defense stepped up and his team and, and you know came through here these last three weeks and showed what they could do. They got to continue to get better. Got to add some more assets on on defense and offense as well. But the offensively, Luke gets you. You got to be able to just play to your strengths, and that that's that's an offensive line that can move guys off the fo- off the off the line of scrimmage, run the ball, build your game off the off the play action, get Justin under center, 
and now you'll be more successful, especially if this defense continues to create turnover. So it's a positive momentum for, for the team. You know, I'm sure they're all happy inside that locker room. I'm sure now all coaching staff feels a little bit better about themselves. So let's see if they, you know, if they, but they've gone next week and they lay an egg versus Cleveland. That's going to draw everything back down, back down to zero. So <laughs> we don't want to do that. You want to go out there. I'm not saying you have to necessarily go out there and, and dominate and beat Cleveland, but you know, be competitive. Don't give them, you know, don't give us uh, the, the fans here or, or an analyst here a reason to, to, to kind of burn you guys down because you guys went in with, with a dumbass game plan. So let's let's continue to build off of this game, continue to build off of what you have here in terms of uh, defensively what, you, what you're doing, getting off on third downs, creating turnovers, offensively being, you know, Justin, again, that 220 plus yards passing, one passing touchdown, you know, 60 yards rushing, a rushing touchdown. That's the formula right now for Justin until he gets into that mode where he's got that, that, that quicker play clock in his head. And then you can continue to build off of that. But good win. It should be they should feel good about themselves. But again, you know, they should be they should have won three in a row. They should they they, they should have they dominated the top team in the division for seven and a half quarters, guys. So that's the thing you have to keep in mind. So the first step is to win a division before you start winning, you know, playoff games. So I think that that's a good sign right there. And that's something positive that Ibaflus and his staff can build on. Coach, before we get you out of here, one last time, where can we find you, your YouTube channel, so that we can uh, participate in those videos with you? Yeah, man, it's Chicago Bears 360 on YouTube. Man, listen, the, I'm I'm glad Aldo brought me back because the channel has been going crazy over the last couple of weeks, man. So I'm excited. Uh, we've been blowing up, man, and I think that's partly due, largely due to the All 22 Breakdown session we've been doing. So find us over at uh, YouTube um chicago bears 360 with coach t i had guests on the show and we're breaking down the film on usually on wednesdays uh and sometimes on friday nights when i'm bored um just come over and join us i, I guarantee you're gonna learn something i promise you that there you go and uh danny when's the next time we're gonna see you in the barrow well, I'll be on before 55 this 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 Wednesday uh, previewing the uh, the the Cleveland the Cleveland Browns game. So catch me and and obviously John Buffon and uh, Alyssa and we'll and uh, we'll go ahead and and have some uh, some good breakdowns, talk about this game, and obviously you know break down or preview the the, the Browns game, and then uh, head into next weekend. That's right. And if my wife allows me to, I'm going to start studying Browns tape for the upcoming preview tape that I do for Perform 55 and keep available on our YouTube channel as an extra. All right, everybody. Thank you all for everyone who joined us live. There were hundreds of you. Really appreciate your interaction with us in the chat room. You helped make the show what it is, which uh, to me has been a fun uh 60 81 minutes so not too bad take care everyone and thank you coach t and danny shimmon bye-bye right, see y'all next time.